Hello fellow adventurers and welcome back to the Nerd Lab where we transform our gaming passion into incredible game designs and learn how to nerd like a boss. My name is Marvin and I am an ambitious game designer on my quest to develop a cooperative fantasy card game. For this podcast my vision is to take you with me on this exciting journey. Together we will explore the secrets of different game mechanics and reach the next level as a game designer. If this isn't the first episode you hear from the NerdLab podcast, you probably know already that I'm not only interested in board games and card games, but also yeah, in digital card games of all kind. Um, I look at most of um, them and um, yeah, try to think about why the designers made which design choices. And I also try to figure out... Um, if the game concepts, keywords or mechanisms could also work in the non-digital world. And today I'll look um, at the game Legends of Rune Terror, the new strategy card game from um, the League of Legends universe. I remember when I first heard about Rune Terror in October, it was, um, yeah, someone posted... Um, about the game in the Strategy Card Games Facebook group. And I must admit, my first impression after watching the initial trailer of the game was not very good. Here is my original comment which I wrote in, in the group after watching the, um, the first gameplay trailer. I am definitely curious to check this out, but to be honest, the video on the website really turned me down. I cannot see any kind of innovation that speaks to me. The most interesting part is maybe the fact that it alternates between attack and defense phase. The reactions for me just sounded like the stack of magic. Maybe the video just wasn't very good, but I am kind of disappointed. However, the level up mechanic of the heroes in Runeterra looks nice though. Boy, have I been wrong. The game does so many things better than um, its competitors that I wouldn't be surprised if the game becomes uh, the next big player in the digital card market. But um, yeah, let's look at it step by step. Here comes my game design review of Legends of Runeterra. The first question I asked myself is why Riot entered the highly competitive digital collectible card game market? Why now? Um, it's not like Artifact has been a huge success, for example. And um, yeah, I tried to figure out what um, the core reason behind their move was. And I found a press release in which uh, Riot stated that the Riot employees simply love card games. And <laughs> that this is the number one reason for them to develop their own card game. But there are also a couple of things that Riot employees really disliked about other card games and that is for example that most card games are paid to win and i mean this has also been maybe the most important reason why artifact um, wasn't accepted by the community um, the second thing the um, designers of um, league of legends didn't like um, from other card games are um, the high proportion of rng because um yeah, random facts can be sometimes good for games, but they can also be very bad. Um, for example, they have um, if they have too much of an influence on a game, um, this is very bad for the competitive scene because um, yeah, you get not rewarded for good play. Um, yeah, it's just more or less random who who wins or who loses if the 
RNG is too predominant. And it's also very difficult to balance a game if um, yeah if the RNG is too too um, dominant. The third thing they didn't like um, from most digital card games is the fixed meta. I mean, in a long forgotten time when the CCGs first came out in the 90s, the internet was not everywhere. So um, you played your uh, your homegrown decks against each other and it was just fun. But nowadays, um, let's say uh, a new uh, set comes out and the meta is solved rather quickly. Yeah? What I mean by that is that you can find in the internet the two or three most uh, successful decks with the highest um, win rate and most people just uh, yeah net deck that's what it called if you build a deck that is um, known in the internet to be successful and this leads to a fixed meta that is not only true for digital card games but also for um, yeah for the non-digital card games and the result is of course that um, Yeah, playing the against the same decks over and over again can be um, can become boring. And the last fact that the Riot uh, employees didn't like about other card games um, is the lack of interactions that you cannot respond um, during your opponent's turn. This is definitely not true for Magic: The Gathering, for example, but it's definitely true for um, for Hearthstone. So these were the problems that Riot identified with um, all the other CCGs and um, yeah, they decided to they want to tackle um, them with their own card game. And I have to say, this is the first thing they did really, really good because I know a lot of people who really dislike the same facts in digital card games. And um, yeah, by identifying those, um, they made the first... A very good step towards a very good card game and um, yeah we'll talk about how successful they have been um, in implementing a game that solves these problems um, yeah during the during the show today before i go into more details about uh, the design of runeterra i'll briefly explain the rough rules of the game but without evaluating them too much at this point If you have played Magic, Hearthstone or Artifact or any other uh, digital card game, you will immediately get most of the rules um, from Runeterra as well. <laughs> the goal is to use your mana um, each turn to cast heroes, allies and spells to deal damage to your opponent's nexus. Um, each player's nexus starts with 20 health points, the same as in Magic, and when that's reduced to zero, they lose the game. At the beginning of the match, each player draws four cards um, with the option to mulligan um, any number of them. So if you don't like your cards or you don't like the mana curve on your cards, you can simply um, take another chance um, and replace that card with another card in your deck at random. Then at the beginning of each round, each player draws another card. Um, and to play those cards, you have to spend mana which um, increases automatically by one each turn the same as in hearthstone and many other games um, yeah and this allows you of course as it is in all the uh, collectible card games um, to play more powerful cards or multiple cards in a turn when the game progresses 
in um, Runeterra, the allies are, or the units, are also very similar to the ones in Hearthstone and Magic. They have an attack value and they have a health value um, and um, they can be used to attack or defend. However, attacking and defending works a little bit differently than in Magic. Spells um, come with different effects. They are typically some form of buffing your units or dealing direct damage to enemy allies or disabling them. Um, yeah, stuff like that. Most of them are really combat-focused. Um, these spells can either be um, fast or slow. Fast spells work really much like instance in Magic the Gathering um, as you can use them to respond to enemy actions. While um, yeah, slow spells are more like sorceries in magic because you cannot use them as a reaction. So, and if you hear this short description, which is, to be honest, very high level, you might understand now why I wasn't super hyped um, after I watched the initial trailer. It doesn't really sound like there's much innovation in the game, does it? I mean, it sounds a bit like um, a mix of um, Hearthstone and Magic. So, what's different about Legends of Runeterra, you might ask? Don't worry, there is more. Here are my top 10 exceptional design choices and what we can learn from them. Or in other words, what makes Runeterra special. The first one is um, the so-called Spell Mana, which is used to reduce the variance in the uh, in the game. I mentioned um, that there is a resource in the game that um, yeah automatically increases each turn by one, and um, yeah that's true. But you know when you um, didn't quite have the correct cards um, to fit to your curve and you do not spend your entire mana each turn, you can easily fall behind in other card games. So um, the designers identified that problem in card games and um, they introduced something that they call the spell mana, which works as some kind of secondary resource or uh, mana battery or something like that. So if you um, do not use up your entire mana in a turn, you can um, store up to three mana um, in your spell mana slots. And that um, the game does this completely automatically, though you do not have to take care about that. But you can use, in the next turn, you can use that mana um, to cast spells. You cannot use it to, um, to summon um, units, but you can use it to, to cast spells and to come back... Um, if you fall behind. I really like that implementation because um, yeah, it reduces the variance of the game and if you um, didn't um, find the right cards, you um, it doesn't feel too bad if you do not spend your entire mana in a turn because you can come up with um, yeah, interesting um, comebacks in the follow-up rounds or you could even yeah, maybe save the mana to um, for the next round to have a very strong um, combo of playing um, different spells or uh, uh, summon a minion and um, cast a spell in the next round. So that's pretty um, pretty interesting implementation of, um, of spell mana as a secondary resource. The second um, exceptional design choice of Runeterra is their action-reaction system. And um, this is probably... One of the biggest differences um, 
compared to other games because it really changes how rounds play out. Um, in each round, players alternate between being the attacker and being the defender. And um, the interesting thing here really is that every time uh, an action is taken, the opposing player um, has the chance to respond. This means you, yeah, you cannot cast multiple cards in a turn without um, your opponent having the chance to react on it, um, as it is in Hearthstone, for example. Typically, uh, this influences more than just the casting of spells. It also influences um, your attack choices. For example, if um, you are the um, attacker this round, you are the allowed to attack with your opponents. Your opponent cannot attack. Um, so if you do, if your first decision in your turn is to attack with your um, with your uh, minions or units, um, your opponent will not be able to cast or summon another spell, um, summon a hero or a unit, um, or cast a spell before you attack. So sometimes, um, even if you um, could cast additional minions that could attack, it might still be the right choice to attack first um, and then cast your minions afterwards. Um, and you have to know that you can only attack once each turn if you are the attacker. So um, if you cast your minions after you attacked, um, you cannot attack with them anymore. They do not have summoning sickness or so, so if you play a minion, you can immediately attack with it but it gives your opponent the chance to respond. So if you cast a minion, your opponent might cast um, a minion as well. Um, so it's always um, a, a nice decision that you have to make. And um, it really... It feels a bit like the magic stack in which you can react on, on spells from your opponent, but... Um, It, it is a bit smoother because it's always action reaction action reaction um, and it is not only um, it does not happen only happen sometimes um, when players playing instant but it is more like the entire game is based on the stack because um, it's not it also affects um, the casting of minions and sorceries and stuff like that or slow spells how they are called here so um I really like the action-reaction system because it um, it feels very interactive, um, the gameplay between you and the opponent. The third exceptional design choice for me is the combat system because they really manage to reduce the complexity of the decision process with, with for example, which units to attack with or to defend with. But um, they did this without removing too much of the um, interesting choices. So let me explain you how the combat actually works. Um, combat in Legends of Runeterra is um, yeah when they when the allies face off and destroy one another, as it is in other games as well. Um, the attacker has to initiate combat by dragging their units into a special area um, in the center of the game board. It's, I think it's called the arena also. Um, And the defender then um, chooses which of their um, units will defend which enemy. So, um, and once both sides have um, organized their units, um, each attacking and defending ally will, um, yeah, deal damage to each other. Um, and all of them that um, have their health reduced to zero um, are destroyed. And um, the 
there are a few things to mention. You can always, um, you have to, or you can only defend with um, one unit with one other unit. So you, there's no double blocking like it is in Magic, for example. And um, the damage is persistent on the creature. So it um, yeah stays on the on the creatures. The and the combination of um, this um, persistent damage as well as um, that creatures or units do not get tapped when they attack um, causes an interesting um, thing because you often attack with most of your creatures. And the decision-making process, if you attack or not, is, um, I would say it's easier than in Magic because you do not um, lose the chance to block in the um, in the next turn when your opponent is the attacker. Um, all of the creatures that attacked are available yeah, to block. So you often attack with most of your creatures because if your opponent blocks, um, you might exchange the creatures anyway and that you would have blocked the next turn um, or you at least damage them so you, that you can um, you know, more easily kill them during the next blocking uh, step on your side as well. Or um, if they your creatures didn't get blocked they they did damage and would still be available in the next turn to block anyway so for me this is um, a nice simplification of the decision uh, process whether or not to attack um, and i know it sounds a bit like it would be in magic because um, in one turn you attack and in another turn your opponent attacks and you defend but it is it really is different because um, you have an entire turn you can cast uh, summon units during the next turn when your opponent um, is the attacker you draw a card exactly like your opponent it is completely the same um, as your own turn um, with the only difference that you are the defender and cannot attack this turn so i really like this um, this system i was hesitant in the beginning because i didn't um, think it would be too much of a difference but um, yeah it simplified things um, quite a bit and um, yeah it feels it feels very smoothly in the game during the gameplay so that brings us to the next exceptional design choice and this one is the fourth one and it is the heroes in the game and to be honest um, yeah this is probably the most important important difference to all of the other games because um, yeah heroes are the corner piece of the game and they also have been in um, league of legends and yeah as you might uh, already guess it is uh, you can, you will find the same heroes there in this game in runeterra and um, they really are the strongest units of the game they um, do not really um differ from normal units um, at least they have the same um, attack values and defense values or health values and um, they cost mana like the like the other units as well so you cast them you put them in, the, in your deck and you cast them like normal units um, but all of them have some kind of level up mechanic so all of them can you can consider them as flip cards in magic the gathering um, so once you um, fulfill a certain um, criteria or let's call it a little quest um, the heroes flip and become a stronger version of their own and um, it it is incredible how well they are designed because they 
you shape your entire deck around those uh, those heroes um, and your entire strategy um, tactic and long-term um, plan for a game can really evolve around um, the heroes in your deck and um, we can i can definitely uh, name a few later on in the podcast because um, yeah they they are really really good designed and i love love to play with them and um, you also need them during the deck building um, part of the game because um, they are from different um, areas like colors in other games and um, yeah depending on the heroes you you choose for your deck um, yeah the different colors of the game or areas of the game are available um, to put in your deck so they determine your um, your color identity of the deck and you can have up to six um, heroes in your deck they can be um, different ones or the same ones i think the limit for the same ones is uh, three but you you really need to acquire the cards first um, to have all of them available but um, yeah the only thing i have to say about them is that they are really really great Let's take the character or hero Ashi as an example. Um, she is a, an archer um, who uses uh, frost arrows to um, yeah to freeze enemies. And um, her main ability is that when she attacks, um, she freezes one uh, enemy with the um, with the most power. Um, so um, freezing means in the game it reduces the power of a of a unit to zero in this turn until end of turn and um, once you have uh, freezed five units she flips to her in her, her stronger side getting an additional effect um, that says um, frozen units cannot um, cannot block anymore and the interesting thing is that you have a lot of spells that work really great with um, or even other uh, minions that work great with that hero together because when you summon a, a minion it um, it might freeze an opponent or at the beginning of each turn it might freeze an opponent or it might be an instant spell that freezes an opponent and um, yeah so you you really try to um, put the right cards into um, the decks that that support your hero and by um, combining different heroes in in a deck you can build some kind of um, yeah very strong combinations of heroes and effects and some of them are better in the early game some of them are more aggressive others are better um, in blocking and um, bringing you to the late game or um, yeah winning you the um, the late game if you um, can survive until you yeah acquired eight mana or, or more and there's one more thing about heroes that is um yeah very <laughs> very very um, intelligent because um heroes are yeah they are strong characters and it would be strange to have um multiples of um of those um strong heroes in um, on the battlefield and in other games um, like magic the gathering they solved it by making um those um, strong individual heroes um, um legends and um, the legend rule says that you can only have one of um, of those kind on the battlefield And um, yeah, uh, Runeterra does it a little bit different because when you um, cast a hero, let's say you cast Ashi, but um, then you draw another Ashi or have already one in your hand, um, yeah, it 
transforms into a special spell that supports um, the um, hero that you already have on the battlefield. So it supports itself, and each hero comes with a with a um, yeah unique spell. Um, that you um, can only get when you have one other hero of the same kind on the battlefield. And I think this is really great to um, great way to yeah to reduce the the problems with cards in your hand that you cannot cast because um, yeah this happens in in Magic the Gathering, for example, you have a legend in your hand and already another one on the battlefield and you cannot cast it. And um, I think it is a smart way to um, have a multi-purpose um, card, um, yeah, to solve that because it's quite easy to do the transformation in in a digital game. I would it would be much more difficult to implement um, something like that in um, yeah in a physical game, of course. The fifth exceptional design choice um, that I want to mention today is actually a keyword, and that keyword is um, support. Um, support gives um, an effect which is mentioned on the card um, to the unit on the right of this ally when it's attacking and the interesting aspect of that is that um, you do not choose this when you play the card um, so it doesn't matter um, if um, if the card is placed left right or wherever you decide always when you attack um, you make an order of your attackers from left to right. And um, so if um, one unit has a support effect, you can choose which, whenever you attack, you choose which one is the right neighbor of that unit and um, that gets the um, support bonus. And um, yeah, I really like that. It um, is not a one-time decision that you have to make, um, but um, a continuous decision that comes up whenever you attack. The next um, exceptional design choice is um, a gameplay state that is used as a trigger on cards um, or a condition on cards. And um, yeah, it's also I think it's also a keyword um, that is called enlightened. And um, yeah, it triggers uh, an effect when you reach ten mana. So it um, really allows you to. Um, Design cards that are um, have one effect in the early game and another one in the late game, and I really like that um, that condition here um, that you can print on a card to see whether or not you are in the late game. Um, and um, yeah, for example, it could be a creature that enters the battlefield as a two-two creature, um, but if it is enlightened, it enters the battlefield as a six-six creature. Yeah, we have seen similar um, implementations in other games as well. But um, yeah, I I really enjoyed that because it allowed me to play those um, those creatures um, in my deck that are yeah good in the early game, but also still relevant in the late game. The seventh uh, exceptional design choice is how the game handles uh, tutoring cards, and. Um, if you compare it to magic, um, yeah, tutoring cards means um, you look up your deck and search for a specific card, um, and when, once you find it, you reveal it to the opponent, and um, yeah, then take it, get it to your hand, for example, or put it into play, whatever um, the effect says. But um, the problem really is, in in other games, this can take a lot of time, and this causes um, um, waiting time for the for the opposing player, of course. So what they did is um, 
you um, get some kind of random card. Um, it is not completely random, so you can design your deck um, around that tutor effect. For example, there is an effect that um, you play a creature um, and the creature has an enter the battlefield effect that says um, you um, get a random um, other uh, minion with power five or more. And then you do not um, need to um, spend the time to look through your deck to find the, the card, but um, you get a random one. Um, that is strong, but you do not really know which one. Um, except you design your um, your deck in a way that only one um, one um, card really um, yeah fits uh, the description um, of um, in this case having five or more power. Um, yeah, this um, brings me to the next point because um, it. Um, yeah, it must be must have been hard for the for the designers here to come up with a decision like that, because one goal, as you remember, was um, to reduce um, RNG, and um, yeah, by um, getting a random creature, um, you still have this RNG, but it is yeah, it is um, a minor a random effect compared to um, to some other randomness in in the ccg market um, and this brings me to the um to the next point um the eighth um exceptional design choice i wanted to talk about and that is um how um legends of runeterra handles rng because there is hardly any random effect in the in the game so um all the cards do very specific things um the one i just mentioned is i at least the only one that I um, um, can remember that um, really has a random effect, but um, this is not only true for the for the cards itself. It's uh, definitely true for the entire economy of the game, because um, there are no random packs in um, Legends of Runeterra. Um, you do not buy packs, open them, and see what's in the packs. You, there is hardly any RNG. You always, um, if you want to buy cards, you buy wild cards and you can craft the cards um, that you want. All the other cards, um, you get them via chests um, and um, yeah, as all the other games do it. But you never get any um, packs that um, have any random um, cards. So you do not buy something that is random. You get um, random random um, rewards when you win games for example but you never spend money on um, on something that is RNG because um, yeah that brings us to the next point uh, the ninth uh, exceptional design choice because um, they want to uh, shake up the meta game regularly by patching the game every two to four weeks like they do it with a, a League of Legends um, because they want the um, to prevent the meta game from stalling, and um, if you would have um, paid a lot of money um, for for um, for specific um, cards, um, you would you would probably don't like to see your deck um, being nerfed, and um, so they um, decided that they do not um, want people to spend an immense amount of money on the different uh, cards. Um, so I think there is a limit that you can spend each week. So um, 
I really like the idea of um, shuffling up the meta game because um, I was never really interested in um, standard in Magic, for example, where yeah, you always face the same um, the same decks over and over again. And um, I was also I really liked. Uh, I'm more of the limited player that really likes to to get a limited pool of cards and try to um, make the best possible deck of, out of those limit this limited amount of cards. And um, I really like to um, adopt to new situations with my deck. And if I get a new card here and there, I would like to upgrade my deck. But um, yeah, it really I really don't like the. Um, um, the fine-tuning of the deck when you have to play 50 times against the same um, um, opponent's deck and see what kind of card would um, would make um, increase the win chance from 57% to 57.5%, for example. Um, and this is something you have to do when you play standard in Magic. And um, in with the shifting um, meta in um, Legends of Runeterra, um, I think that um, you will have to adopt um, more frequently to new situations and that is something that is um, really, really, really appreciated um, in the community, at least when it comes to um, to the um, limited players like I am. And that also brings me to, um, to the next and last point um, of the exceptional design choices and that is um, how they... Um, yeah, how they um, implemented limited gameplay in um, Legends of Runeterra because there is um, drafting, um, but it is different to other drafting systems that I have seen. And um, yeah, to be honest, I have not played too much of it because um, yeah, you need a special coin to enter um, yeah, enter the the drafting portion of the game and um, yeah that is a quite expensive one um, i think you get one per week for free or so if you if you played enough in the last week um, and otherwise you um, yeah you need to win a lot or um, yeah or maybe even buy um, your your ticket to play the game, uh, drafting part of the game but um, they implemented it quite nicely because um, if you if you draft Magic the Gathering in real time for uh, real real world, for example, you or also digitally, you um, at some point during the draft you decide for a color. So you play black and green, for example, and this is like an like a complete filter for for um, for yourself when you view the next few packs because um, you really um, look only on the green and black cards anymore and. You do not really take into account picking the the red or white cards in that um, scenario. Um, maybe only because uh, only for um, yeah hate tra drafting purposes because you do not want your opponent uh, or your your neighbor to get the cards uh, the strong cards. But um, most of the time, you only look at the cards that are in the colors that you have chosen to play. And um, yeah, in um, Runeterra. We have learned that um, the heroes determine, um, yeah, what kind of color your deck has, and um, so you first um, have to um, choose uh, different heroes for your deck in, with your first picks, and then after you have chosen the heroes, you um, only see cards of um, their area, so from their color. So all of the cards that you chose are still relevant for your um 
for your picks and you 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 draft at least that's what i think you draft against um no one it's just um picking picking random deciding between um different cards that you want to add to your deck though it does not affect um any other players that you play with um it's only um yeah m making this interesting decisions and uh, making choices between cards that are relevant for your deck and um yeah i um i really enjoyed that um it was a nice a nice way of drafting it is it was it felt different and um the choices that you have to make are not only um i think you always get three different um choices um each of those choices having um two cards so it's um it's a tough choice to make um between those two uh, three different piles but um it's an interesting choice and um yeah i i um i like that choice and after you um you played certain rounds of the game you get the chance to um add another hero to your deck or you might um also get the chance to um exchange uh, one card from your deck against another and that's also all um, also a choice between um three uh, changes so um the 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 game comes up with a with a choice for you you see three cards from your deck and um three cards that you could um could exchange with those and you decide which of those um, which one card from your deck you want to exchange with one card um that is offered to you so um that is how drafting works in the game and if you are successful you you can you can draft more it's called expedition in the game but that's not the only aspect that really is um yeah limited for me in the game because it is really really um hard to acquire all of the heroes and a large card pool um and um by that it really feels for me a bit like um yeah constructing a limited deck because my my pool of available heroes is quite limited at the moment and um it doesn't really feel like i would need to um to buy a lot of cards to to win games i win games with my limited pool of cards because my opponents um also have a limited pool of card because cards because there is a limit of um um of money that they can that they can spend on the game so um it is not it does not feel like pay to win um to be honest and um it feels like a big sealed pool um in magic and um maybe the best the best comparison that i have is um a sealed in which you add new cards every week and um then you can adjust your deck the decks that you build with new cards maybe add another hero here and there and other spells to support the hero and yeah it for me as a limited player um yeah this feels much better than um how the constructed um decks work out in in other games where it is a lot of net decking um and less um yeah trial and error by yourself okay and Yeah, that is pretty much what I wanted to talk about today um with regards to Legends of Rune Terror. I really enjoyed playing the game. It um it feels very very well um designed and um especially developed because um the cards feel yeah, they feel right. They are 
very well balanced. Um, I do not really have the feeling that there are no answers for some of the cards or strategies. And um, yeah, they spend a lot of um, a lot of effort um, in having a good game from the start. So if you enjoy um, digital card games, if you like uh, enjoy collectible card games, if you enjoy Magic, Hearthstone, Artifact, Keyforge, any of those games, I would um, yeah would recommend to um, to try the game and yeah if you have anything that you enjoy about the game. Um, please let me know. My favorite part uh, definitely are the heroes, and I think um, yeah they could also be um, implemented in a similar way in a board game or card game. So um, we might see them in the future again. So until next week, keep shooting for the moon and nerd like a boss. <laughs> <laughs>